Hello. I'm Russ Shaw. The show is called Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. Welcome. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me today on another podcast show. Being it only a few more days until January 1st, I'm calling this show Resolution. But whenever you're listening to this show, I don't care if you're listening to this show in June, May, or February, I don't... Whatever time you are listening to this show, listening to my voice right now, I want you to uh, hone in on what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about the word resolution. If you've been uh, with me for a while, if you've been listening to the show, you know that I'm a bit of a wordsmith. I like to find out what words are about. I like to break them down and find out the meanings of words because words, the Bible says, are powerful. The Bible says that God spoke the world into existence. And whether you believe that or not, the facts are as an amateur philosopher myself, if you have anything that exists in your car, your house, or if you have kids, if you have anything that exists in your life, then something had to have always existed. Now, you might have to pause your iPod or your CD player and sit there and think about that for a while, because that's a a pretty big pill to to take, (laughs) philosophically speaking. But it's true. And if the words existed before anything material existed, then words are critically important. So, resolution. Breaking down that word a little bit. You know, the thing about me when I was in this fight, when I was dealing with this problem, was I would make these resolutions like a like a dieter on New Year's. You know, I'm going to go on a diet now. I knew a guy who owned a... A fitness place, and he says, he says, yeah, the first two weeks of January are crazy around the gym because people go in and they, you know, they made these New Year's resolutions. They're going to work out. They're going to diet. They're going to get in shape. And he says it it drops by about fifty percent to forty percent in the first two weeks, and then it can drop off even more by February. But usually, the first two weeks. Is when most people, uh, you know, they don't, they aren't quite as determined as they thought they were. And I remember being in this battle and thinking, you know, am I ever going to conquer this thing? I remember just repenting, you know, saying, God, please, you know, forgive me and help me to stop doing this. You know, Lord, please, you know, answer my prayers. Why aren't you stopping me? Why aren't you setting me free from this? And I think the first thing I had to do in my repentance was make a resolution. A real resolution. Not a half-hearted resolution. Not a, I can do it on my own, as long as it's not too hard, resolution. I had to say, alright God, I am sick and tired of this problem, and I'm going to take steps to fight it. I'm going to talk about the first definition of resolution. This is from dictionary.com. I put in the uh, word resolution, and here's what came out. Number one, the state or quality of being resolute. Semicolon, firm determination. Firm determination.
determination. I like that. That is what you need to get in your heart. You know, go in and do a heart evaluation and find out how firmly determined are you to conquer this thing. Are you going to do whatever it takes? Are you going to take radical steps to start challenging your own flesh? Because your, your opponent is you. Your opponent is your own flesh and blood in this thing. Those are the facts. How firm is your determination to fight? Fight the inner fleshy person. The fleshy nature. What is the state or quality of your being resolute? Number two, a resolving to do something. Have you taken a step? Have you emailed somebody? Have you talked to somebody? Does anybody know that you are struggling with this issue? Have you been trying to fight this on your own for so long and now you're listening to this podcast show and you have have you reached out? Because just listening to the show is not going to do it. Just listening to my voice alone without taking steps is not it's not going to get you free, man. I, I hope it does. I could just hope that I had the magic bullet, the silver bullet that's going to take this thing away. But you know what? You've got to reach out. Like I said about the guy in the quicksand. You keep struggling on your own and you keep fighting and you keep sinking farther. you got to put a hand up. you got to reach out and say, I need help. Please do that. A resolving to do something. Some form of reaching out and saying, Hey, I need help here. I got an email from a guy recently who said help. That was his email, was help. And that guy did more work just doing that than I did for probably four or five years fighting this thing. Because I thought I could fight it on my own. And where did I get? I got nowhere. Nowhere. I, I just kept repeating the same over and over half-hearted New Year's resolution like the guy at my friend's health club. But that guy's email, one word, help, was a huge step for that individual. And I, and I hope you're doing something, even, even the little things. Even just... Even just putting on your gym shorts and getting on the treadmill is, is the first step. A lot of people who have a hard time exercising, they say, do that. Get your gym shorts on and get your shoes laced up and just stand on the treadmill. And then usually the second natural step is, well, I might as well turn it on. I pray that you you make a resolution. Number three, a course of action determined or decided on. And this is going to be tough. This is going to be a tough step for a lot of you. You're going to have to talk with somebody and start a course. Feel free to email me. It's russ at digitalaudioproject.com. I can help you take some steps. I can help, help you chart a course. I pray that you go to a church that's a safe place. A place that is that you can discuss this stuff. That, that you... I mean, it's always awkward having to talk about something like this, having to go into a pastor's office or a counselor's office and say, you know, I have this problem. But I pray that the church that you go to is not the kind of place where you have to put on 
some kind of a facade or some kind of a mask when you go to church. And, and that might be a personal thing. I'm not sure. But you need to be in a, in a group with folks who you can be real around, where you can be you, flaws and all. If you go to one of these churches where they talk about, you know, you're just a sinner and you're all, you know, if you don't straighten yourself out, you're just scum and you're going to hell and we don't, you know, we don't have time for sinners here. I mean, if that's the kind of church you go to, I pray that you, you know, you just, I just hope that you have a safe place to go, man. I just hope that your church isn't like a lot of churches out there that don't know how to handle this issue, that think that people should be, church people should be above reproach. That's not reality. None of us are perfect. I pray that you go to a church that realizes that, that realizes that not only are you not perfect, but you never will be perfect. You're never going to be without sin until the day you die. Fighting sin, fighting your fleshy nature is something we do on an ongoing basis. It's a journey. It's not a destination. So I pray that you go to a real church, not some fake church, not some church that, you know, you live your life and then you go to church on Sunday or Wednesday or whatever it is and, you know, it's it's a different deal. You put on a different mask. You put on a different outfit, a different suit, a different you. I pray you go to a church where you can be you. Flaws, addictions, problems, and all. I hope your church has a small group ministry, and if it doesn't and you love your church, then start one. Talk to the pastor about maybe getting one together, and I know that sounds scary for a lot of you. It was scary for me. I'm not heading up mine. I'm actually doing mine with another guy, but... You know, I kept struggling with, you know, starting this ministry and that. I talked about a lot of this on my last show. You know, who am I? I'm not perfect. I'm a mess. But you know what? There's things that I've conquered in my life, like the porn addiction, that I can help people with. I'm not all that. I don't think I'm all that. But I'm willing to be used. And I pray that you're willing to be used. Let God use you in conquering this thing. Step outside yourself in getting help. Your getting help is is not just for you. It's for God who gave all for you. And it's for the other people that you can touch, the lives that you can touch by conquering this thing, by getting you right. Because you have a huge impact on on people you don't even realize. I watched the movie over the Christmas season. It's a wonderful life. It's a great analogy to how many people we we don't even realize. The Jimmy Stewart character says, I wish I was never born. And the angel says, all right. And shows him what life would have been like if he was never born. I mean, what you have no idea what kind of people, what kind of work you can do by by conquering this thing, getting this thing in the past, getting it over with, being a warrior in this fight, this battle of your own will, because we all have a fleshy nature, and there's a lot of people struggling out there. Do not delay. Take a course of action, determined and decided on. The fourth definition of the word resolution 
A formal statement of decision or expression of opinion put before or adopted by an assembly such as the U.S. Congress. Basically, folks, that means laws. Our laws in this country are resolutions. Governments that have civil order, civilized nations with governments that function properly are ran by resolutions, not people. Because people be, can be corrupt. I think that's one of the things that makes the United States such a great country. The country I live in here in the USA is our system of checks and balances, our resolutions. It doesn't keep one person in power too long. Because people can be corrupt. People can get drunk with power. It's our resolutions. So write something down. Write your own resolution on, on a piece of paper. Write your own law. Even if it's just a, a couple of words, write it down. My resolution, if it's all you write, write my resolution and underline it three times as, a, as a, something that comes out of you written on paper saying, I am going to make a decision. I'm going to make a resolution. I'm going to chart a course. Write it down as if to be in law. A law for you. Your spirit writing a law against your flesh. Your own resolution. Number five. This one comes from physics and chemistry. The act or process of separating or reducing something into its and distinct parts or colon the prismatic resolution of sunlight into its spectral colors. That's the spirit versus the flesh right there. Who's in the driver's seat? Is it God inside you or is it your flesh? Reminds me of the Corinthians when Paul was talking to the Corinthians, a highly sexualized culture who was turning to Christianity because they figured, well, I get saved and give my heart to Jesus and then everything's permissible, right? No. Paul said, you're enslaved by your flesh. You keep giving into your flesh and it becomes your master. Jesus came to set us free. Asking Jesus into your heart is not a thing that you do to, you know, I'm going to do this now, my life is over, and everything's going to be boring. No, Christianity is, is awesome. Jesus came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. That's not just after you die. That has to do with now, living here on this earth. Giving yourself into sexual sin is slavery. It starts to overcome you. It starts to control you. You're no longer in control of your flesh. That's where I was for years. I was not in control of my own flesh. I had to make a resolution. I had to get my, I had to get my life spectrum right. My flesh had the wheel and was driving my life for the most part part that mattered a lot of the parts that matter, the big parts when your flesh starts to take over when you're enslaved when your spirit is inside your fleshy body and it feels like I'm being I'm out of control this thing has a has the reins this thing has the wheel that part of the resolution is getting your spectrum right it starts out slow it's going to take work. 
It's going to take getting around people who you can be real with and who can influence you. It can be a positive influence in your life, helping to keep you on track, helping to keep you eyes focused on the Lord, really getting a prayer life going, really digging into the Bible. It's like the law of sowing and reaping. You let the flesh grow, you're going to reap a harvest. You let the Spirit grow, you're going to have fruit from that. You're going to have fruit from either one. The fruit of the Spirit is love, self-control, it's kindness, it's being thankful for the things that God has blessed you with. It means you have a thankful heart for what God has blessed you with. Living by the Spirit is, is love. It's living out God's love in your own life. Which brings me to the definition number five of the word resolution. And that is... No, wait, it's definition number six. My bad. Not number five. We already went through number five. This is definition number six. The fineness of detail that can be distinguished in an image as in a video or display terminal. Part of making this clear, concise plan, this resolution, you can start to look into the future and find out what your resolution of your life is going to be. How clear is your life when your flesh is in charge? You start putting your spirit in charge. You start fighting your flesh. Start taking the driver's wheel of your life. Start making them steps, man. When I first started noticing that I was changing, that I was was being able to have some victory, I got excited and my life got clearer. Because I saw that, you know, it wasn't all for naught. There was hope. I could actually fight some of this stuff. When I stopped beating myself up and telling myself how much of a piece of garbage I was, when I started thinking spiritually, when I started thinking, you know, putting God in charge and saying, Lord, I'm not strong enough. Help. Help me make spiritual decisions. Help me make decisions by the fruit of the Spirit. The fuzzy, staticky resolution of my life changed. Started getting clearer. My purpose started getting clearer. My relationships started getting clearer. I no longer had this dirty little habit this little thing pushed back in the dark, little thing I did by myself, that was the—it was like a tip of the iceberg emotionally in my life. It was like I had this thing that I thought was just this little thing that was totally controlling me. And it got progressively worse until I would fail. And my wife, either my wife caught me or, you know, it was just taken me over. When your life gets clear, your relationship gets my marriage is 100% better. And this false intimacy, once that went away, once I got control of my sexuality, things got a whole lot clearer. My resolution was no longer all fuzzy and pixelated, so to speak. Number seven, medicine. A subsiding or termination of an abnormal condition, such as a fever or inflammation. This reminds me of the story of another Bible story of uh, circumcision. You know, it was kind of a religious act that the Jews did to circumcise. Kind of a cutting away of the flesh in order to, uh, you know, 
signify you're a spiritual type of person. And Paul said that this was uh, something we don't really need to do anymore as far as a physical act. I mean, you can still get circumcised. I'm circumcised. And I had a 20-year battle with pornography. Just because some of my flesh was removed didn't make me live by the Spirit. Taking the circumcision that Jesus gave me, Jesus circumcises our hearts when we really get in there and start to recover, start to repair our own hearts. You know, I would pray about this and I was so angry. I got mad at God. I just thought that this whole Christian thing was a sham for a long time. I thought that, you know, if Jesus really gives me a new heart and if I'm really saved by the Holy Spirit, then why am I stuck in this pattern of sin? I was just so frustrated. Instead of reaching out, I got mad at God, which was stupid. Even if I would have wrote the little email, the help that on an email with my name and just help, would have been doing something more than whining and pointing fingers at God like I did. I didn't realize that my heart had been circumcised by the Lord. And the fact that I was stuck in this thing was it was the Lord wanting me to get help. Wanting me to resolve the things that were in my heart that were cluttering and screwing up the resolution of my life, the image that God wanted for my life. Crystal clear, beautiful image that I had muddied up. Jesus came to resolve. We're saved by the Lord. We're saved by the grace. God's grace is so huge. It's incredible. A lot of the churches out there kind of think that grace isn't fair. Grace isn't fair. Some of us get more grace than others. I've heard pastors that talk about, you know, that sex is fun and having a bunch of sexual partners is fun, but we're not supposed to have fun. We're Christians. But it's not fun. Little sexual conquests, and you do these over and over, and you feel empty after a while. You just feel like a hollowed-out shell of a human being giving into your flesh sexual desires instead of actually having that loving relationship that God intended sex to be. It's 12 times better. It's a thousand percent better than just having empty physical sexual relationships or using pornography. Just buying into that product of sexual lust. I mean, no matter what your wife looks like or your husband, they're not going to measure up to the images in pornography. Even if they're chiseled from stone, they're still not going to be... It's this production of pornography that, you know, we can't be satisfied with what we have. So we'll use porn as like, you know, grabbing different bags of potato chips off the shelf. It's not what sex is meant to be. It's meant to be beautiful. And it's so much better when it's done in God's standards. God is not trying to kill your fun. He came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. And it's not just because I'm a Christian and I've been programmed to feel guilty about it, like some atheists will say. There's a huge percentage of people that are not spiritual at all that have a problem with sex addiction. Whether you're a Christian or a Hindu or a Muslim or a Buddhist, whatever you are, when Paul said that these things have a way of taking us over, that's our flesh. Whether you have a spiritual life or not, when you look at yourself and you're not in control of your own flesh, you know that there's a problem. 
if you think I'm just some Christian wacko who's filling your head with a bunch of spiritual mumbo-jumbo or whatever you might think, there really is a God out there, and He really does love you. I know that may be hard for you to imagine if you're not a Christian, if you don't believe. Maybe you're in a, a faith like uh, the Muslim faith talks about having the two angels, the scales. One's writing down all the bad things you do, one's writing down all the good things you do. But Jesus came to dispel all that. And we recover, we get better because of the love that God has for us. That He was willing to do that for us. You can't be perfect. You can't earn your way into heaven. You cannot do it. It's a gift. God gave us this gift of grace to terminate the growth or the inflammation on our hearts. My heart was so stony and calloused. I was so disconnected in my marriage. I was I was a mess. I was horrible. I wasn't communicating with my wife. I'd almost given up on my marriage. That's not the way God planned it. I mean, you're, our marriage was a disaster, and you're, you know, you could sit there and, and say, you just don't know what my situation is at home. Well, mine was pretty bad. With God's help, I pulled myself out of my addiction. And you can too. So reach out. Make a resolution. Whether it be New Year's, whether it be May, whatever time of year it is, make a resolution that you're going to commit to a course of action determined and decided on. Third definition of a resolution. A real resolution. And tell somebody, don't take this on on your own. Whether you email me, russ at digitalaudioproject.com or whoever. Talk to someone in your church. Get involved in a small group. you got to do something. you got to move. Jesus talked about taking radical steps. He said if your hand causes you to sin, then cut it off and throw it away. If your eye causes you to sin, then pluck it out. Better for that than to go to hell. And Jesus is speaking metaphorically. We've been saved by the law for what He did for us on the cross. But he's, what, what he means is we've got to take radical steps. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to hurt. Your reputation will be at risk. I didn't give a damn about my reputation. I, uh, I went to a small group and I thought, you know, I still had kind of a headstrong attitude towards Christians and I went to this marriage group and I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to blow these people out. I'm just going to say what I am and what I believe and who I am, how our marriage is. We're just going to be blunt and honest. And I bet you I just blow these people out. They're going to want nothing to do with me. And the exact, the exact opposite happened. They embraced me. They encouraged me. They helped me and my wife. Some of the things I said helped their marriages. At least I hope they did. We all rallied together as a group. So I pray that you you do something. You get out there and do something. Make a resolution. There's 11 definitions altogether. I don't have time to go through the rest, but I thank you for listening. The website is digitalaudioproject.com slash ASI. Check out the website. Leave me an email, please. Send me an email. It's Russ at digitalaudioproject.com. Let me know how you're doing. I won't use your name on the show. 
don't want me to. I'll never ever give out your email address to anyone. Just take some steps. Connect. Get outside yourself. If you haven't already. I hope that you have. If you have, stay along with me. Come along for the ride. If you're in a group, tell other people about the show. If you have a counselor, tell them about the show. Get the word out. Attitudes and sexual integrity. Thanks again for listening. I'll leave you with a band, a song by the band called The Wedding. Christian band. Thanks again. Until next week. Keep on fighting. This song is called A Song for the Broken. Till next week.